Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. A hole in one, not eight. Now it's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Just after 7 o'clock here on a foggy Saturday morning in western New York, we welcome you in live to Tee to Green, two-hour edition for the U.S. Open here, Father's Day weekend. Brian Cozio. Kevin Sylvester has the week off. PGA Pro Jeff Metis. We're live at Pendleton Creek Golf Club in North Tonawanda. And uh, yes, it's U.S. Open weekend. So with it being a major, double the fun, double the show for you this morning, 7 to 9 right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Corey Griswold back in our Amherst studios, keeping us in check. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. Is, uh, isn't is Father's Day U.S. Open weekend one of the most fun weeks of, uh, of the year? Uh, I always think so. Yeah. I think so, too. And yeah. it... it for uh, a lot of people, the, the summer is beginning and the summer activities, yep. which includes, of course, playing golf. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is definitely one of the most uh, exciting weekends. Uh, the sports world, geez, not only locally, but just across the country, there's there, across the world, there's so much going on in the sports world. The U.S. Open, of course, is what we'll be spending a lot of time talking about. But even locally, geez, we could have a Jack Eichel trade any moment. The Bills are building a new stadium. Oh, yeah. um, you know, sad news. We're hearing about Rene Robert having a heart attack yesterday. If there's anything that happens over the next two hours, we'll uh, we'll pass it along to that. But our thoughts with his family, uh, and obviously a, a rough time for them at the moment. Um, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are down to the Final Four. The NBA playoffs are down to the Final Four. The Blue, the Yankees were in town in Buffalo yeah, all week. Swept the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's pretty exciting time here yeah and I, I always liked it because it's father's day weekend and you always you know father's day is a good day for me always and you get to watch the some of the greatest golf of the year every year on father's day and it's kind of set aside for you and you know you're going to be able to watch it that day because you know you get to watch a, they're going to let you do what you want on father's day so and the u.s opens always just such a great setup it's a great test of golf i like watching golf where guys don't have to make 25 birdies to win too i like when they have to grind it out for par i love watching the short games in action i like i like everything about the u.s open so i'm and it's and it's on prime time which is a little late for me but i'm, I'm enjoying it because i'm actually seeing more golf that way you do have to stay up past 9 p.m to see the finish jeff on sunday i'm an uh, old polish kid from the east side i get to bed pretty early so <laughs> tomorrow i'm gonna have to stay up late that's for sure uh kevin is in north carolina on a golfing trip so to celebrate Father's Day. So he's got the week off. 
he gets a lot more vacation in his T degree contract than you and I do. Yeah, that's going to have to be renegotiated. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's what's called research. It's research and development. Show research. And, yeah, and he's putting some content out there for us. So uh, that's well, right. You know, he's doing his job. That's right. Follow him on Twitter at Kev Sylvester. I uh, hope you follow me on Twitter at Brian WGR uh, at Medis PGA for yep. Jeff as well. Uh, and yeah, two hours here coming up from Pendleton Creek Golf Club. Uh, if you're not sure where Pendleton Creek is, it's uh, on Tonawana Creek Road here in North Tonawana, the former Tantara Club, new ownership this year. Uh, Don Schneider, the PGA Pro and membership director, will join us in our second segment at 7.30. Um, we spoke with him in April when we were here, um, and there's an ownership change and a new and exciting vibe, so Don will shed a little bit more on that. But uh, Oh, it's visibly different here. I know. It's, it's noticeable. Yeah, different. you were here in two months from the last time we were here. You can oh, see a difference, right? Major changes, yeah, and all for the positive. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So we'll, we'll have a little bit more on that with Don coming up. We'll also get it with Don and Jeff, our Western New York PGA tip of the week. Uh, if you're watching the U.S. Open, you know the greens are lightning quick, a lot of break. So we're going to give you some tips on uh, when you're putting on really fast greens or greens with a lot of break, kind of some things to think about. So that'll be our Western New York PGA tip of the week coming up. Uh, a ton of stuff on the U.S. Open. Uh, Brooks and Bryson still were headlined coming into the week. There was rumors that they could have been paired together. We'll have news on that. DeChambeau, who seemed out of it after round one, got himself back into it on round two. We'll talk about that. Bubba Watson, the two-time ma ma Masters champion, playing very well. Uh, Brooks Kepka, of course, in the mix. Richard Bland, the co-leader, becoming an interesting story here at age 48. He's tied for the lead here uh, through two rounds. And uh, we'll have some information on who Richard Bland is. We'll actually do a little trivia with you, Jeff. Who is Richard Bland? <laughs> good luck. So good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, also, little uh, we always like to have little fun light stories here. Uh, did you hear about the controversy in the beer line at Torrey Pines, I Jeff? I did. I saw some of those photos, and I felt their pain. That's right. And there's a lot of angst there. So we'll have information on that. that also, That wouldn't happen at the Masters. Let's just put it that way. No, no, no. For sure. That's a little more organized there. Also coming up, Pat Phillips from Woods to Wedges inside the Worley Golf Dome. Uh, Pat joins us every so often here throughout the course of our golf season to give you insight on the latest with equipment and fitting and what's going on with Woods to Wedges. So he's going to talk about grips and when's the right time to regrip and also some options you have now, especially with putter grips, Jeff. There's so many different options. I got my putter regripped last week there at Woods to Wedges. Donna did it in uh, a few minutes, as she always does, a great job. But uh, I went just a little, a little thicker, but still tapered. Um, just to, I, I kind of went, I, I had, I guess you would call it what, just a traditional putter grip. Mm -hmm. And then I just went one size up in terms of the thickness of it. I didn't go all the way to the super, the super ones, strokes. but there's, those are becoming very popular even on the PGA tour, but there's so many options for grips right now. Oh, and in, in the regular grips too. And one thing I have to say right away is I see so many people giving lessons that are, have regular grips that are way too big for their hands. They like the mid-size grips, so they throw them in, they feel... It's not good for you if you have small hands. It can create some problems hitting irons. But we'll let Pat cover a lot of that. And, um, yeah, it is fun to go pick out a new putter grip once in a while. I don't like changing putters, but every once in a while, just a little change in the grip might give you a little feel difference and uh, get you rolling it. And you watch these guys play this week at the U.S. Open on those greens. Um, you'll see a variety of grips. There's a lot more big grips out there than, than I would say small grips, wouldn't you? I would agree. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like almost every tour player uses a larger grip. I think there is some science to that and why you would use a larger instead of a thinner grip with the putter. Yeah, so I, that's what I I went one step up and still getting used to it though. I, I, can, I can feel that I have less feel of the putter. 
I well, I think you have a different feel. Maybe. Uh, well, maybe it's just a different feel because it probably okay. was in your fingers more before. The yes. other thing, it will take a little bit of the wiggle out because of the bigger grip. It'll take some of that little extra wiggle you might get yeah. at the end of your putter there when you uh, when you use a larger grip. Maybe just try to get it in your fingers a little bit more, even if though it's a bigger grip and and you're right-handed. So make sure your right hand especially is in the fingers a little bit more, even with the bigger grip. Okay. Other stuff to come here on the show. The players this week voted to not have green reading books anymore love it starting next year so yeah we can get into that uh, our fantasy league update i picked dustin johnson in our pool this week that didn't that's eh, so far i give that an eh rating uh, also our duster putting challenge back to benefit the western york pga reach foundation officially now registration is open we're going to tweet out the link later this morning it's going to be at glen oak golf course just down the road here from uh, pendleton creek and uh, we're looking forward to that. And the official date for that is Saturday, August 21st. So make sure you put that on your calendar. A great night. Uh, a putting challenge on the green. Right. And uh, food, fun, drinks. And uh, we're going to raise some money for a great cause. Yeah, it's been rebooted, kind of reconfigured. We, we were off last year because of the pandemic. And now that's a big, beautiful green over at Glen Oak. Um, we're going to have some great food. There's going to be a lot going on. It's two shotguns this year, so we're going to get you through a little bit quicker. And uh, yeah, and there's more prizes and more things going on this year, and it's less expensive. So there's a million, million reasons to uh, to come and join us this year. I think it's Saturday, August 21st. 21st. Yep, yes, that's yes. right. And a ton of good raffle giveaways, too, to play yep. golf across western New York. We're going to have equipment giveaways, 50-50, all that. So, uh, uh, yeah, greens fees, lots of stuff. More information in Hour 2 coming up on our Duster Putting Challenge. Uh, as we are live here at Pendleton Creek Golf Club in North Tonawanda, Brian Colsey, LPGA Pro Jeff Metis. We're on the patio. We're overlooking the first hole, which I'll argue is one of the tougher starting holes in Western New York here, Jeff. It is a 205 to maybe 210-yard par 3 with the initial first 100 yards over water, a couple of bunkers down at the end on either side that for most people they're maybe hitting – four iron five iron or hybrid maybe or three wood for some of the people that maybe don't hit it as far that's not the shot maybe you want to slam your trunk and walk up to the first tee with yeah welcome to your day let me try to stripe yes. a long iron into a guarded par three over water yeah yeah that's um you, you want to hit some balls before you do that and um yeah i'd want to hit a lot of balls and then a lot of that uh, a lot of that First shot of the day, you know how uh, when you finish your range session, you start with the first shot of the day? Yes. Normally it's a driver. Here on the range, you'd be hitting four irons and uh, getting ready. It is a tough shot, though. But, hey, you got it over with then. That's got, true. You got one of the toughest shots of the day out of the way. Yep. It is. Uh, it's it's tougher. It's it's definitely, like, that's not the club that I, I would rather hit driver than hit, like, a five iron on my first Oh, hole. I think most people would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree with that. And most people are just going to get out of the car and go and play. You're not warming up and... You might hit a few putts, but it it is a tough. That's where I like to call the lunch ball rule. You know, the first team we're going to take a take a mully if we don't hit this first one real nice. Is that uh, allowed? I think that's allowed. <laughs> sure, why not? Absolutely. I always do that on the first tee. That's right. All right, let's get into some of this stuff with you, the U.S. Open before uh, we bring in Don Schneider, who's the uh, PGA Pro here, and uh, which will join us at about seven thirty. Uh, let's start with Richard Bland. All right. I mean, what do we know about Richard Bland here so far here, Jeff? Do you know what is he's ranked in the world? I have no idea. I had never heard of him before this week, to be As honest. As did many. No, and that's his, fine. His name is even kind of boring. So, yes. Haha. Bland. Very good. He's ranked 115th in the world. Um, the, the incredible piece about this is that he's played almost 500 professional events in his career, and he just got his first win 
just about a month ago uh, at the British Masters. He picked up his first win and got a ton of actually accolades from players across the European Tour, the PGA Tour. He won the British Masters, plays a lot on the European Tour, and uh, has been close in the past, but has played 478 events in his career. And he finally got a win at age 48. And that win is what propelled him enough to skip qualifying and get into this U.S. Open. And to qualify, got him into the yeah, world rankings right. or, and got him into the U.S. Open. Well, good yep. for him. And, you know, it's funny how you just get hot and you can ride that for a while, even at 48. Um, I feel like more and more and more players are playing better later into their careers. Obviously, Richard Bland at 48. I mean, in the year 2000, no one thought someone in the mid-40s could even compete on the PGA Tour anymore. And now it's become... Uh, quite quite common to see guys, you know, like Richard Bland and Phil Mickelson and and every, everybody else who competes well into their 40s. And even at 50, these guys are still, because the game has changed so much with fitness and everything, they can still be competitive. And maybe a U.S. Open something that um, because there is a little, I mean, it's great to hit it far still there, but um, there is a little more reliance on fairways. Um, so maybe that helps a guy like him out, whoever. It's fun to watch somebody new play and see how good all these players are. Yeah, he's been accurate. He's said it. Look, I'm not one of the long ball hitters, but he's been accurate. Here's what he's also been great at, which is, Jeff, something that it doesn't matter whether it's the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, the Masters, or people playing Pendleton Creek this morning. Mm-hmm. If you putt well, it could make up for a lot. And here's a stat that I think is the best. There's a lot of putting stats on Bland this week. Here's my favorite. Ten feet and in. I saw this. He's 31 for 31. The only player in the field to not have a missed putt from 10, from 10 feet and in. 31 for 31 inside 10 feet. That's amazing. Think about all those par saves that comes about from that right there. You're going to scramble at the U.S. Open. You're going to have to get up and down. You're going to have to punch out and then maybe hope that you can one putt to keep par and play. That stat's incredible. Yeah, and I think you know sometimes stats can be perceived. But you know, I'm sure he hit a lot of those to one foot and tap those in. They count, but still you see this every week on tour you'll get that same stat every single week with the winner on tour that inside of 10 feet they're doing they're doing better than everybody else in the field almost every time so those you know getting those short putts in and knee knockers and stuff like that grinding it out uh, that's that's how the difference between winning and losing on the tour they all hit it super good it's who's making putts that week and and he's making a lot of putts this week there has to be a confidence piece into that too i mean you start these start rolling in right i mean all these knee knockers, there's a lot of break. They're so fast. I mean, we're seeing the best players in the world struggle with five-footers here. And, I mean, for him to be 31 for 31, that's amazing. And I think I, I'm I'm pretty close on the stat that tour players at six feet average about 50% of the putts. It's like six, six and a half feet. They make half of them on a, on a normal week. Um, there is a confidence factor there. You know how it is when you get up and the hole looks like a bushel basket and all you think is, I'm just going to make this putt. I'm going to hit it here and it's going to go in. And then there's guys or days where you feel like you can't sniff getting a three-footer close to the hole, and those are the worst days. Um, But, you know, these guys are tour players. They've done it. The theory is that after you get older, you've got so many mental scars that your putting goes. I I disagree with that because I think it's all mental, but... um, Obviously, he's doing quite, quite well. It'll be fun to watch guys putt well. I always think, you know, everybody likes watching guys bomb drives. I love watching a beautiful, pure putting stroke. I love watching guys grind it and make six-foot sliders downhill. That's To me, that's also a lot of fun. So Bland will at least be a story for today. We'll see if it can continue the fun story going into Sunday. The 48-year-old uh, from England playing in his second U.S. Open. He played in 09 at Bethpage Black. 
he got caught with the bad weather and just got off to a bad start, and it never really materialized for him in that event. But other than that, this is only his second U.S. Open. He said when he got here to Torrey Pines, he thought maybe it kind of fit his game a little. Uh, but, I mean, it's a hard golf course, this this Torrey Pines setup, and uh, maybe a little wider fairways than what we saw last year at Wingfoot. Uh, and the rough at some of the other spots, maybe not as thick, but around the green, it's still as punishing as it always is at the U.S. Open. And I'm hearing complaints about the golf course, and I'm, I'm surprised by that. You know, to me, it seems like a good, fair, solid U.S. Open setup. It doesn't seem there's nothing tricky. There's nothing. And we're not hearing st- players complain, which is no. usually where it maybe could come from. Yeah, I haven't. I've heard other people complain. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's the visuals on TV or something that they don't have the freedom. I, I don't know what it is, but to me, it's it's been a great golf course to watch, and it seems super. Perfect for U.S. Open. Torrey Pines, a course that we can play. It is actually a course that's owned by the city of San Diego. If you're a San Diego County resident, you can play somewhere between $63 to $78. Uh, For us non-San Diego County residents, um, Torrey Pines South, there is a north course too, by the way, uh, plays somewhere between $200 and $250, which is... Again, you know, not that I'm throwing around $100 bills here left and right here, but for venues that have hosted major championship golf, that's, I would say, you know, when we're comparing, again, I'm not saying $200 or $250 is reasonable for anybody to throw around, but for major venues, a chance to get on and play, it's a reasonable cost. Yeah, it doesn't seem out of line i mean what's yeah. uh pebble beach is 450 or 600 i don't yeah. know tbc sawgrass is more than that if you want to play there oh yeah and and then the other courses you can't even get on i mean you can't get on an old hill you can't get on a lot of these other facilities this is similar to what we though could have if you go to play beth page state park and the five right. courses that are there of course the black is the one that's hosted the u.s open and the pga and will host the Ryder cup uh the next time the u.s hosted after this year uh, what's which, the fee there which will be at whistling straits the fee, it, de- it depends. I I, rem- I played it five or six years ago. I played the black, and it was like 60-something. So, and you're I'm a sure New York State resident. But it, because of a New York State resident. I'm yeah, sure yeah. it's a little higher now, but um, I'm sure the times, again, vary depending upon the time of year and weekend versus weekday. But it's it's reasonable for a New York State resident to go play it. And if you... It's one of those many benefits of being a New York State resident. Brian. That's right. Yeah. Of course. And there's five courses there if you've never been there. It's a beautiful complex. But they, the same thing that happened to Torrey Pines is what happened to Beth Page Black, a course that they felt had potential. Reese Jones came in and redesigned Torrey Pines in the late 90s, which is how Torrey Pines got awarded the 2008 U.S. Open, kind of redid the south course. And the, the north was cause renovated a little too. The, the north is from what... Uh, a friend of mine that's played it said it's it's a little more fun. The South is a little more of a grind, but uh, they redid it and then was awarded the 08 Open, which of course was the epic Tiger Rocco battle, which was amazing. Um, and now they're you know Torrey Pines got another one. Beth Page Black did the same team, the same thing. Looking at what was an incredible layout with potential, they renovated it, put a little more money into it to be awarded the 02 U.S. Open, and now of course they've gotten. They had the 09 U.S. Open. They had a PGA. They're going to get a Ryder Cup. They're going to have another PGA. So um, yeah, now they're in the Rota. Yeah. So exactly. they um, and, and what's good about that is now because of that they'll keep reinvesting in those facilities and it yes. makes it nicer for everybody else. Yeah. Right. And let's face it, when you have a major championship there, people want to play it. So now yeah. you know money keeps coming in because people keep want to playing it, and uh, you know the wheel spins yeah. as they say. Yeah. That's every uh, every golf course owner's philosophy. Let's yeah. make it nice and get more money per round. But the USGA at least. I, I feel like um, 
look at this is a, a public venue in San Diego, public venue on Long Island, Beth Page. Like uh, the PGA has gone going to place. Kiowa Island is a place that you can play. Now that was an expensive round. I looked that up. It was like four sixty five. But there are going to public venues to me. I think makes it cooler because then you have the opportunity for people to play it. When they're watching it on TV, they're like, I was right there with my driver. I, hey, I made a putt right from there. Like, I, I think that makes the connection really great. There are some classic private courses that 99.9% of the public will never even get through the door at, which, you know, that's a debate for another time. But um, there's some great golf courses for that. But I think there's a, there's, a, there's a piece of it when it's at a course that the public can play, I think is really cool. And. Believe me, that's a that's a conscious decision by these organizations. I've been in the PGA, and that's a yeah. conscious decision we've made, and the USGA, and and it comes whistling straights where the Ryder Cup's going right. to be, and yeah. it comes with the softening of the image of golf, I think too, and it, it helps because you know we had such a stuffy, elitist attitude with golf. I think a lot of people still perceive that, but it's certainly changed in the last several years, and I think things like this help, and you know playing these like you said. I'd love to go there. And when we watch stuff at Oak Hill, I played Oak Hill so many times. I know where these guys are hitting it. I know what they have. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And growing the game, being inclusive to others, as you said, Jeff, that's a, a big part of what the PGA of America is looking to do right. in many avenues. But I think you're right. Playing their their biggest events on courses that the public can have access to, that helps. And they're going to do a lot more West Coast stuff as you, as we go forward, too, because they do like seeing golf in prime time because they do think they get more eyeballs that way. Yeah, I would agree. I'm sure that uh, there'll be great ratings uh, with the fact that it is at night here. Well, we want to see some bigger names up there near the top to help these ratings on Sunday, that's for sure. Richard Bland is is a interesting story, but it may not draw record ratings like no. we saw with Phil Mickelson at the PGA. Oh, if, um, if you see if you see our two buddies uh, somewhere near the final group on Sunday, that'll that'll create some ratings. Yes. yes. Now, speaking of our two buddies here, DeShambo and Kepka, um, the story this week was that the USGA, this is a report, DeShambo did not confirm it, report that the USGA contacted DeShambo's agent, asked if he'd be open to a grouping with Kepka, and apparently the agent said, eh, let's, let's squash that idea. Yeah, and that came, I think that report came from Brad Faxon, if I'm not mistaken. Or yes, somebody, from Brad Faxon. Somebody pretty reliable that normally doesn't tweet out that kind of information. So I, I believe there's got to be some uh, some merit to that. And, um, yeah, I can see why he wouldn't want to. I mean, if you had your druthers, would you, would you do it? Maybe not. Maybe because you want to focus on the game and you don't want to hear all the chirping and people choosing sides and rooting against you and, and all that other stuff. It's a good way to avoid that. And it may happen for him on Sunday, but who knows? But they're both even par, right? I after two rounds, so there was a chance there. There is a there's a lot of people that are even fortunate for yeah, them. There are eight golfers that are even, and it just you know obviously uh, the luck of the two of them going together that would have been tough to do. But DeChambeau, uh today uh, is at twelve twenty nine, and Kepka's at eleven fifty six. So a couple uh, groups in between. So there's a little buffer there. You know, I think. It would have bothered DeShambo more. I don't know this to be a fact than it would have Kepka. I think Kepka would have motivated them and grind. You know, and I think it might have distracted uh, DeShambo a little bit. Where Kepka, he seems to have a little bit like he seems to, he'd embrace that kind of situation. I mean, it would set up for an incredible theater if the two of them somehow today made a nice little run, and then maybe they were in one of the last groups together tomorrow. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be fun for golfing. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Richard Bland. It's probably a player many of you don't know much about. And uh, Jeff and I fully admit going into the week. Never heard of him. 
didn't know much about him either. Yes, mm-hmm. Russell Henley is your other leader. Uh, he's also at five under par. Henley right now ranked 63rd in the world. Um, hasn't had really a great go at it this year. Uh, PGA Championship, he was tied for 71st, missed the cut at his last event at the Memorial. Uh, didn't play in the Masters, didn't have enough points to to qualify for it. He, at the Players' Championship, he missed the cut. His best finish this year was a tied for ninth at the RBC Heritage. So this wasn't something that on paper would say that you saw coming either. But he's also playing very steady this week, and that's helping just like Richard Bland is. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's something about the U.S. Open where no matter what's going on in your golf game, it seems to, I would imagine, it would focus your 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 intentions that week and i feel like you know you could be playing poorly and you just hit one good shot or you just get focused in the process of trying to beat the golf course and the golf course is so hard it can it can turn people's games around or it can make them go sideways which it did for a couple other guys yeah so bland and henley will be in the final group today 135 west coast time 435 our time which means they'll be getting done probably somewhere in the nine o'clock range today which will be fun for us to watch Uh, but the next four names on the board um, which we can get into a little bit later here, I think are very interesting. Uh, the second last group that are one back, you have Ustazen and Matthew Wolf. Yep. Wolf very much struggled this year. Even said he had to take some time off for some mental health awareness or, or some mental health issues that he was having. Says he wants to be open about it to see if you know if people are struggling with it. We know that's a topic in the world these days. Uh, he and Ustazen will be together. How just steady is Louis Ustazen in, in these majors? He just. He's around. Now, he's only won one major in his career, but, man, he puts himself in a position quite a bit here that we're seeing. Courses for courses, he's got the game for uh, major championships, it seems like. And like you said, you you don't see him all year, and then the majors pop up, and there's Louis Oosthuizen. And two monster names. Bubba Watson, the two-time Masters champion, is two back at three under. And the Vegas favorite coming in this week, the betting favorite, was John Rahm. He's at three under par. Yesterday, the, the, the holes that I saw of Rahm, the amount of up and downs that he was able to do around the green to save pars and keep his round going was pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's good to see him playing well. You know, it's I feel like he's struggled in early rounds in the majors lately and just hasn't given him a chance. Now he's got himself. He's in a position where he's close to the lead. He he has a really good chance. He has been playing good. He's got to have a lot of momentum right now. Getting up and down, saving pars is just probably the best feeling in the world. And if he just hits a few closer, he I think he puts beautifully. So it, and he's he's got the game, you know, and he's got the mental side. So he'll be it'll be fun to watch him for the next thirty six holes. Yeah. So your last three groups are uh, Watson and Rom at four thirteen Eastern. Wolf and Ustays and four under par at four twenty four Eastern, and then. Henley and Bland in the last group at 4.35 Eastern uh, NBC with the television today. Okay, we're going to take a timeout here from Pendleton Creek Golf Club, along with PGA Pro Jeff Midas. I'm Brian Colziel. Uh, when we come back, we will bring in Don Schneider, the PGA Pro here at Pendleton Creek. We'll also get our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week. Jeff and Don are going to give you their thoughts on how to putt on really fast greens. You're watching it this weekend at Torrey Pines. Uh, Don and Jeff will give us their expertise on what to do on how to putt on really fast greens. All that and more coming up. Don't forget, we're with you for two hours today, 7 to 9, U.S. Open Edition. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Here is a happy Father's Day weekend, I should say. That's right. Let's milk it. That's right. Yeah. It's a, it can make it a two-day event, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. It's like birthday week. That's yeah. right. We're back at Pendleton Creek with more Tea to Green on WGR right after this. You're listening to Tea to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club. 
and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tea to Green coming up. Listen up, golfers. It's time for our tip of the week, brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, and beyond. Coming off a couple of good results, you know, win and a third in, in Europe. So, yeah, you know, I was, I was feeling pretty good about my game. You know, I've been driving the ball well for, you know, five, six weeks now, which is the cornerstone of a, if you're going to put a fight up for a U.S. Open. You know, when I saw this place on Monday, you know, I kind of, yeah, just kind of set up to my eye. There's not too many sort of dog legs. It's all, it's all just there straight in front of you. And that's kind of like the golf course I like. All right, that is Richard Bland, your co-leader after two rounds of the U.S. Open. As we welcome you back here to Tee to Green, Brian Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis. We're live at Pendleton Creek Golf Club in North Tonawanda. As uh, we are with you for two hours this week uh, for the U.S. Open. For all the fathers just tuning in, happy Father's Day weekend. I hope maybe you'll get a chance to play some golf, watch some golf, and uh, do some fun stuff, whatever it is for you that you love to do uh, this weekend. Uh, we're here till 9 a.m. What we love to do, Jeff... Talk well, more golf, so yeah. we get we get an extra hour this week. Oh, I always love the the major weekends, yeah, because we get the extra long show. We don't have to squeeze everything in. We got time to expound on these brilliant thoughts we have, Brian. That's right. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heard there. It is time for our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, and uh, with that, we bring in PGA Pro here at Don, at uh, Pendleton Creek. That's Don Schneider. Don is now a uh, a regular here on the show. As every time we come here to Pendleton Creek, hopefully. You remember many of his awesome segments here. We got another one coming up here, Don. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Hold on. Engineering Brian didn't have your mic turned on. Okay, Don. Sorry, that was anticlimactic. Good morning. Was that was that on purpose? No, that wasn't. But yeah. now now you should be able to hear yourself, <laughs> yeah. right? Morning. How are we doing, guys? We're great. Thanks yeah. for having us here again. Oh, we would love to have you here. Yeah, you like this patio. We've been here a few times. Yep. So we were here for Masters Week in early April, and that was the week it was actually like seventy degrees every day. So we were outside right here in the same spot on the patio. And uh, now it is mid-June here, and we're, we're back. And Jeff was saying, since this is, he hadn't been here since the last time, uh, that he is seeing quite a bit of changes. I know that the, the new ownership, the name change from Tantara to Pendleton Creek, uh, people are still kind of learning about, but uh, the local ownership change here. Jeff was commenting right when you walk in. He's oh, like, yeah. wow. He goes, they made a whole bunch of changes. New signs, new flagpole, the, the bar, the yeah, just everywhere you look, it seems like something got improved over the last few months. Yeah, it's, uh, new ownership's been great. Um, it's it's really it's a group of uh, five uh, current members, and and some or most have been here for years, and they knew exactly what they wanted to do when they bought this club. Um, so, ton of work, uh, investment, both financially and sweat equity. These guys are, I mean, I see two or three of them every day. So. Um, That's going to make it a fun work environment, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally different. You know, we were used to, uh, when we were corporately owned, um, you know, you, you had things you wanted to do, but it, it's, it's refreshing to have guys here, and, you know, if we need something done, we sit and talk about it, and uh, they're not wasting any time. As you mentioned, you know, they've, they've totally gutted the kitchen, the bar, uh, lots of improvements, some of the things you haven't even probably noticed or seen inside um, lighting and um, TVs and, and, and a lot of cool stuff. Uh, there's actually lighting on this patio at night that's aimed up into the rafters that's colored and cool. they can change colors and our scheme and our logo colors and it's pretty neat. Now on the golf course, uh, probably what we all care about the most is they've increased uh, crew size. So, I mean, that's a commitment to payroll and the golf course is the best 
I've seen it since I've been here. Probably Brian would agree with that, I would think, being a member. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I, the tea box, to me, we always talk about tea boxes and greens on the show. Like Those are you know, utmost things that you want to see in great shape. They look in phenomenal shape. I know new tea signs now on all the holes, uh, but even some of the, the trees that have come down, it opens it up, more sunlight, a little more wind even, too, to dry some areas up. We're seeing that trend across western New York, though, too, Don, where like unnecessary trees or dead trees, like removing them, more sunlight, more wind, different elements, different conditions to play in. But I think it's for the better. Yeah, in, in our situation, uh, uh, and like a lot of places, it's an ash bore uh, yeah. problem. Some Your of the hand's trees. forced with a lot yeah. of trees. And, um, you know, they've mapped it out. They know how many are out there. Uh, Joe, our superintendent, knows exactly what needs to come down. But it's, it's a process. It's going to take, you know, time. And so they... I think they took out uh, somewhere around 40 trees already um, yeah. and then kind of chipped them up. And so we're doing some ground and repair stuff. And, yeah, but it's uh, it's it's kind of cool to see that. And, then, you know, they're, they're addressing the dangerous ones that might be near a green or a tee box where you're standing there for a little longer time. And it's labor intensive. Cutting down trees is very labor intensive. Yes. And it's nice to have extra labor or extra staff on the grounds. And that makes that's probably why you're seeing the big difference too because mm-hmm. more people more work more time more hours all those little details can get done instead of chasing your tail all the time with when you're short staffed eh? yeah, we're all well aware of that in the golf industry oh yeah, yeah. It's, i mean it's the fine tuning all the trimming and all the things that weeding and you know whack, weed whacking around whatever and yeah. you know that that takes time Absolutely. Don Schneider with us here from Pendleton Creek, the head golf pro, as well as the membership director uh, here on TD Green. We're with you till 9 a.m. right here on WGR. But uh, as Don mentioned, yes, I'm a member here, uh, one of our TD Green home clubs. And uh, the course has just been in incredible shape. The greens are rolling as fast as they ever been. And I think that's a great segue here into our Western New York PGA tip of the week. Uh, we're obviously seeing at the U.S. Open, probably the fastest green speeds that the pros are going to putt on all year too here. So uh, let's get both of your thoughts here on some keys to putting on fast greens. Uh, Don, for a lot of people, this is the, maybe some of the scariest part of golf here, fast greens, and maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be, but uh, what do you think are some things that people should be thinking about to be more successful putting on fast greens? Well, I think, I think number one is that you have to be more conscious of where you're trying to hit the shot into the green. Um, so knowing the greens are a little firmer, faster, well, maybe that means we're going to try to hit a little shorter of the pin and, and let it roll. And, you know, as we say, you want to leave it below the hole when you can. So an uphill putt is a lot easier when they're fast than a downhill putt. That's a little scary. Um, other than that, the only other tip that I, uh, when teaching is, uh, kind of, you know, hit the ball from the toe of the putter. And, and what that does is that it will reduce the roll or reduce the speed and, you know, you won't, hopefully won't knock it by the pin. The other thing is with the rule changes um, and being able to leave the flag stick in, uh, that might be an opportunity there to help yourself out. If, you, if you're a little scared and it looks like it's fast, if you leave that flag stick in, you can now. That might prevent it from rolling, you know, too far past the pin. So. Yeah, and I, I like to uh, I like to do a few different things. First of all, I love putting on fast greens. I think that that's when the greens rolling pure and fast. That is just the best way to putt. And controlling your speed. You know, we always talk on the on the show about hey, what's more important, your line or your speed control? So certainly, if you're going to be playing a lot of greens right now, clubs are getting into prime season. So you want you know the greens are starting to get good. They're starting to get fast. You're going to have events where they're going to cut the greens fast and roll them for the events. Get on that putting green a little extra early and really just getting. Roasting the speed. I, I I use this tell this drill all the time. Putt to the collar. 
collar. Try to roll your ball as close to the collar as you can without letting it touch the collar. So lag three, four balls up there as close as you can. Hit some uphill putts. Hit some downhill putts. Now, if you're really sitting over a six-footer um, and you, it's just got some terrifying speed or something like that, I like to choke up on the putter, too. Um, and to hit a shorter putt, you have a shorter stroke. So, you know, because you don't want to take that long backstroke and try to ginch your way through it. You want to take a little shorter backstroke, a little shorter follow-through to just just to hit the shorter putt. So I would I would really really focus on speed. I would, you know, just totally make that make yourself comfortable with that speed because if you came from a green place that had slow greens or weren't as fast the day before, it does take a little bit to get used to it. So spend a lot of time doing that. Choke up a little bit. That shorter putter makes it come off a little dead. You like to hit him off the toe. I still like to hit him off the center of the blade myself just because I like to hit it on the same spot of the putter every time. I don't know if you ever saw. Did you see uh, uh, Brooks Kepka's putter, by the way, the wear spot on his putter? Yeah, and from where he hits yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> he's hitting the same spot every time. But, yeah, I like to do that. And and, um, and lighten my grip pressure would be my last bit of advice You know, because you tend to have tension over putts you think are fast or, or you're scared of the pace, so you tend to squeeze or, or have your body tense. So maybe just make sure you exhale and really lighten your grip pressure, choke up a little bit, a little shorter stroke, a little shorter follow through, and just trust it. You know, all you can do is hit the best putt you can and, and you deal with the results afterwards. Um, and, and you're right, it is, it is a little easier when those fast putts have an uphiller. So if you can, if you are able to give yourself an uphill putt, even for your second putt, sometimes you may want to run it by because you want an uphiller coming back. You don't want to leave a, a downhill putt short and still have a three-foot downhiller. A lot of the greens here, Don, at Pendleton Creek are sloping from front to back. So you do end up with these, I guess, side slope putts here when you're maybe pin high. Uh, and for, for a lot of people, that might be the, the most challenging ones. Downhill, yes, you know to control the speed. Uphill, you know to, you can control the speed. But the side one, the sideways ones, especially like for a right-hander when it breaks away left to right, like for me that I feel like ends up being the most difficult thing. Mentally, like that's got to be something that you just got to, I, I feel like, have confidence with. We talked about Richard Bland in the first segment, the guy that's leading the U.S. Open. He's 31 for 31 inside 10 feet this week. He's the only player in the field that hasn't missed inside 10 feet. I mean, mm. if there's a surprise as to why he's up there, I mean, that that's a great stat, but... Uh, we're seeing at the U.S. Open these, these, these putts of you know six feet, five feet that wow. bend and break, or that are side hills, and I mean that, that's that's pretty tough. We, we see it here at Pendleton Creek too. A lot of these kind of side sloping things. What do you do for like a big breaker? Do you have a something you do every time, or is there a visualization you'll have when you've got like that big breaking putt? Well, I, I, I think a couple tips would be as you're walking up the green. I think sometimes people are a little bit asleep and, and could be paying more attention to what's what what that break's going to look like on your way uh, you know onto the green and so um obviously if if i've got you know uh, a, a couple players there, i've got a few minutes to look at it and i'm going to pay attention to that better the other thing is I, I don't like to double read greens personally but on one of those i might you know if it's one that i'm not 100 percent confident in where that's going to go i might walk to the other side of the hole and have a look from there yeah what, what i try to do is i try to find a point where the putt's going to go, you know, it, like it's a clock face when I look at it. So mm -hmm. maybe it's not going in at 6 p.m. It's going in at 3. And I like to get my ball to a point where it's going to roll down that line. And that's that's my visualization. So if that putt's going to go straight in 
in at three o'clock, where do I have to get it to have it go rolling in at three o'clock? A lot of people just look at the front edge of the hole. Look at where, at what point of the hole the ball's actually going to drop in at. Mm -hmm. And I try to get it to the high point and have it drop down the hill into mm -hmm. that, to that three o'clock spot or whatever. And that's all speed because you can hit that putt on 15 different lines and make it. But you got to pick your speed and get your speed to match your line. And then that's when you putt well. How many players do you think, Don, when they're chipping, study how it rolls past the hole to be to help them with the putt coming back well, that's a good point um, actually when i'm giving short game lessons and we've actually got a couple clinics coming up at the end of the month here that we do some complimentary ones for membership and my first point when i'm teaching chipping and, and a lot of times a person will say well i'm a lousy putter and my my next question always well, that's is a bad attitude a yeah <laughs> yeah let's let's fix that but yeah. but really i'll say well how's your chipping because if you're leaving yourself 10 and 15 foot putts, you know, if you look at the stats on tour, I mean, last I looked at them, at, at, at 10 feet, they only make 50%. The best players in the it's world. Less than that, yeah. Is it's it less? Six and a half feet or something. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, if, if the best players in the world aren't making those, then, you know, we can't expect to. I mean, so our chipping has to be better. And so what my tip for people is read it like you're reading a putt because that's a positive attitude. You're looking at it going, hey, I might knock this in. And, and worst case scenario, I'm going to leave myself something I can make. Yeah. So I think that's important to, to not just, oh, I hope I can get it on the green and not have it over the green or, you know, those kind of thoughts. It's just, the, old, yeah. the old dartboard analogy. If yeah. you're going to aim for the bullseye, you're not going to miss the dartboard. If you're just trying to aim for the board, you're very unlikely to get a bullseye. So, right. And you might miss the board. So, yeah, if you're trying to make it, it's a whole different mentality with your shot than it is just, oh, I've got to get ginch this up there and get it on the green. Yeah. But, I mean, I've played with people that when they, when they chip, if they don't like it or they'll, they'll watch it roll halfway and then they'll look down like, or they'll pick up their putter because they brought it up to the green. I'm like, you know, you could have, you could have really learned something there. Oh, as from, it went by the hole? As it goes by the hole, oh, yeah. A hundred times out of a hundred, you should watch that ball until it stops rolling, especially going past the hole. Yeah. And you can watch the other – even if you are already on the green, watch what other people chip, other people putt. Like that – can give you some clues and indications for sure. And it gets you back to pace of play too, doesn't it? Yeah, do that while, read the putt while the other people are putting. Yeah, don't wait till it's your turn. Absolutely. Brian Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, and PGA Pro Don Schneider here from Pendleton Creek Golf Club as uh, we give you there our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week. If you want to get lessons from Don, you want to get lessons from Jeff, uh, you want to get lessons from a PGA Pro, that's always the, the best spot that we say to start. Uh, you can go to WNYPGA.com and uh, find a local PGA professional. Uh, if you want to get in contact, if you live here in the Buffalo area or in the North Towns, you want to get in contact with Jeff or Don, uh, contact them. If you can't get a hold of them, hit me up on Twitter at BrianWGR. I'll set you up with them. Uh, uh, they give you some great advice uh, in terms of how to start uh, to get going with the game here in Western New York, which is, Don, still uh, spiking. Courses are filled. I know membership here is doing very well to a point where, what, there's... Even uh, a list right now to get on the to get in here, which is yeah. a great thing to have. Yeah, it's it's bittersweet. I, I I hate to you know sit down with somebody and say, hey, uh, you know, here, here's what we got, but uh, I'm sorry, I we're full. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's you know it's 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 great. We have a full membership with a waiting list. So, and golf is extremely popular. We just uh, actually you're you're part of, and your son is uh, junior camps full as well. That's so, awesome. Uh, uh, it's it's great to have a, a full junior camp again, and you know with all the restrictions being lifted, and so we're we're excited about that. We didn't host it last year, um, but uh, yeah, we got it's already full. And we're ready to roll. It's beautiful. Yeah. The the junior golf camp is awesome. Don, you and Dylan do a great job with it, and 
Um, I, I love coming to volunteer and help. The uh, just to see the kids here all lined up, all in their golf shirts and everything, and uh, all the fun little activities that you guys have going on with the putting green. And uh, and then I do love too, Don. Regardless of the age and the skill level, at some point I know one thing that's big. I know, and Jeff, you say this too. You get them on the course at some point to do an activity or play a hole, even if it's a shortened hole or two. You get them out there because that's, I think, where you really, really can. Yes, you can do stuff around the putting green and on the driving range all day. But let's face it, for all of us, the most fun is when you're on the course. I like that's one of the things I know with golf camp. You guys utilize that every week. At some point, you get them on the course itself to do something. Yeah. And I mean, what we do is we utilize, you know, the 150 marker, the 100 yard marker and in. So if they're little little guys and we play from the 100 in and it's pretty easy to do that, just walk out to that spot. As they get stronger, bigger, we move them back to the 150, and we, you know, we don't want them stand there looking at a 400-yard hole. I mean, that's a little intimidating. And, and they, yeah. they don't walk out there; they run out there. The yeah, days. they do because yeah. yeah. they're so excited to get there. They just run out there. Yeah, yeah, they have lots of energy. Yes, so we actually do. do some. We have this like big oversized dice thing we throw in the air, and then they, if we do jumping jacks or we do whatever, we get them moving. Yeah. You know, and then uh, and we make them walk out to the driving range. That gets them, you know, calm down a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but no, they have fun and. We try to get them out there a little bit on the golf course, just give them some etiquette and safety. We spend a lot of time in safety, and you know. But uh, I think what you'll see is that each year the kids come back. It's kind of cool to see them, you know, every year, and uh, they're fired up to be here. So, and to that end, uh, there's a I'm going to be running a new PGA Junior League at Cas Park this year, so that'll be something new in the city that they haven't had, and That's kind great. of in the same idea. You get the kids on the golf course, you teach them to have fun, and. and and golf becomes fun, and that's all it should be. Absolutely. Uh, Don, I know you mentioned about membership here, but there's also an opportunity for maybe to have an event with the renovated pub. It's open to the public, so let's let's start with that. Uh, for, for those listening, you don't have to be a member here if you want to come and enjoy the pub. Right. So the new ownership decided that, uh, you know, the golf course stays private. That will stay that way. Um, but inside the pub, yes, that's open to the public. Um, you know, it, and... Uh, as far as events go, you know, because we're private, we, we host those on Mondays only. Um, we do have some open dates. Uh, we're pretty full, but there's still a few open dates. Um, and the, the advantage to having it here is, as, a, as opposed to a public golf course is if somebody's got a full field type of uh, event, uh, the golf course is theirs. We're, we're not going to put another event behind them or in front of them. Um, the service is going to be great because we're a private club where we're used to service. Um, and with Ron Kubiak back here from uh, the pub, he's doing an outstanding job. Um, food's been outstanding. Uh, matches what he used to do. I don't know if I, I, I probably shouldn't mention where he came from, but uh, he's, uh, he's a lot more talent than we're used to having here. And how's the chicken wing shortage treating you guys? My goodness gracious. I went to buy chicken wings the other day at some place. They were very expensive. Yeah, $18 in order. Yeah, the cost, I guess, is crazy. I, didn't they used to throw those out at one time? I think so. Yeah. Everywhere is having issues with wings, yeah, I know. for sure. Yeah, it is nice to come in. It is nice to see. I mean, I live down the street, and I know you've been here forever, and it's just nice to see people that are engaged in making the place neat and nice mm-hmm. and cool. So I'm happy for everybody involved here because it's, it's really turning out well. Don, if they do want to contact you about an event or even... Holding can they can have can they hold an event in the pub too like a sure. a shower or a, yeah. if you're having a reception or a birthday party or something like that yeah so there's um, opportunities for both private and uh, public parties mm-hmm. um, we do birthday parties we do graduations we do all kinds of stuff um, reaching me the easy way is, is don at pendleton pendleton creek dot com 
and then we have uh, we have a new person helping us with banquets, and and that's a simple banquets at pendletoncreek.com, and Mary Jo is her name, and uh, uh, any of that stuff can be set up, um, and they'll get back to you quick and give you some ideas. Um, even what our Monday Monday events, um, we're very flexible. We have packages, but they'll sit down with you and say, hey, what what do you guys really need or want, and and we go from there. Okay. Excellent. Don at PendletonCreek.com or Banquets at PendletonCreek.com if you want to set up your event here. Don, thanks as always for having us here. What uh, What's your thoughts here going into the weekend of, of the U.S. Open here? We've got some big names right behind Bland and Henley, like Ustazen and Bubba Watson and John Rahm and Xander Shoffley. Shoffley looks good. What are you thinking about here heading into the weekend? I, I'm a Shoffley fan. I like him. Um, I, I think John Rahm's probably very hungry after what happened. Um, so uh, hard to say. I'm intrigued by Bland, the new guy. I, I didn't even know who he was. And I watched a little Enjoy bit of the uh, Yeah, I watched a bit <laughs> of the highlights last night. We had a busy day. So my only time to really tune in is when I get home and I'm watching this going, who the heck is this guy? You know, and... Pretty cool story, though. Yeah, it feels like the majors, there's always somebody that creeps up there for the first two days and then mm -hmm. fade away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had Mickelson not won at the PGA a month ago, we might be talking about a guy that has a chance to be the oldest man ever to win a major. In Bland. In Bland, because yep. he is older than Julian Boros, the guy that won the, uh, that was the oldest at Julius. the time. Julius. Julius Boros, thank Julius you. Martin. He was 48 and a half, and Bland's like, 48 and 8 months or something like yeah. that. He's, he's a little older Just than Boros was. Yeah. But Mickelson obviously uh, put the kibosh on that story. Yeah, that record might stand for a long time, Mickelson's record, I have a feeling. It's going to be tough to beat, but guys are in as good a shape and better shape ever. But yep. Look at Don here. Yeah, he's still in great Don's shape. Don's in great shape. Yeah. <laughs> for an old guy. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, okay. Qualify it. Jeff, is that where you were going down the road? Well, I was. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> come on. What, what, make Don a, and I make a guy age, feel welcome. Yeah. You guys are both good. looking great. Thanks, man. All yeah, right. I needed that today. That's right. <laughs> you can contact Don again if you want to hold your event here. Uh, if you want membership information, uh, you want to hold your uh, a golf outing, uh, Don at PendletonCreek.com. Uh, or a banquet or something like that you're interested in, banquets at PendletonCreek.com. Don, thanks again. Thanks, and happy Father's Day, everybody. Yeah, Same to you. Good luck with your member member this afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Member member. Yeah, give me some good weather, will you? Some good karma. Yeah, it's nothing so worse than bad that. weather for those events, yes. Yeah, we got a pretty pretty nice size field, about 100 players, a little over that. So, yeah. yeah. Good, good luck. Yes. Hope it doesn't rain. That's okay. the most important piece. Good luck. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All, right, All right, thank thanks, you. Appreciate it. Don Schneider here from Pendleton Creek. We'll take a timeout on Tee to Green. More when we return. Two hours. Don't forget, don't go anywhere. We're with you till 9 a.m., our U.S. Open Father's Day edition, right here on Tee to Green on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tee to Green coming up. Champions Tour report time as we welcome you back here on Tee to Green. Brian Colziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis. We're live at Pendleton Creek Golf Club in North Tonawana. Thanks to... Head PGA Pro and Membership Director Don Schneider for joining us last segment. Uh, if you missed it, we're going to have the entire show up on our on-demand audio section at WGR550.com a little bit later this morning. Uh, no official Champions Tour report, uh, or no official Champions Tour event this week. Uh, last week at the American Family Insurance Championship, Jerry Kelly beat Miguel Angel Jimenez by one shot. Uh, Kelly finished, and he beat Fred Couples by one shot as well. Uh, Kelly with a one-stroke victory there over Jimenez and 
couples. Uh, but big names in that tournament. Furyk and Goosen also were two shots back. Of course, this week with the U.S. Open going on, uh, the stage is set there, and the Champions Tour player that's playing in the event that everybody wants to talk about is Phil Mickelson. Could he get enough done to give himself a chance to win? Well, he at least did the first part. He made the cut. He's tied for 30th, uh, shot a 69 yesterday, Jeff, so pretty solid performance from him, and it could have been better. Early in his round, I was watching, he had at least three legit birdie putts, maybe 15 feet or less. None of them went in. He was just lipping the edge of them. He really could have shot two or three better yesterday. He might have been even, could have been under par going into the weekend. And then, wow, that would be a monster story. And you don't know what's going to happen today. I mean, if those leaders are going to come backwards, you know, and, and who knows what. But, uh, yeah, a few putts here and there. That's why you got to grind every putt out there. It's great that he made the cut, though. It, 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 you know, it's super cool that he at least made the cut in the event and he can still stick around for the weekend. Absolutely. Yep. So, Mickelson tied for 30th. He'll play today at 1.06 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, coverage on NBC for the, uh, I think, Golf Channel early this morning and then uh, NBC for basically the rest of the entire day. All right, we got another hour here to go from Pendleton Creek here in North Tonawanda. Uh, in our second hour, we're going to talk a little bit more about the U.S. Open, some of the bigger names there at the top. Uh, a little reflection on, talk, on Tiger and Rocco from 2008, the last time the Open was here uh, at Torrey Pines. Uh, some stats on Brooks Kepka and what he's have uh, had going on this week. Uh, we've got an interview with Pat Phillips coming up from Woods to Wedges on Grips. Uh, our Duster Putting Challenge is back. We're going to tell you how you can sign up and register for that. And the story that Jeff is most aggravated about this week, what is going on with the beer line at Torrey Pines? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's USGA. If this was a PGA event, this would not be happening, <laughs> just so you know. We'll have the information on... What is drawing driving spectators bonkers as uh, they can't get their beer in time to watch their favorite golfers coming through here at Torrey Pines? Yeah, then you feel like you got to get six or five and load up and get a big tray when you get to the after sitting in that long line. My goodness gracious! Yeah. So we'll have that information too. All that and more coming up here. Hour number two, Tee to Green from Pendleton Creek Golf Club with PGA Pro Jeff Minas. I'm Brian Colziel, Corey Griswold producing in our Amherst studios. Thanks for listening. Hour two. U.S. Open Edition, Tee to Green from Pendleton Creek, coming up right after this on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Bean. And by our home clubs, Pendleton Creek Golf Club and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more Tee to Green coming up. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.